step forward. Welcome to the Now Podcast. I'm your co-host, C. Diesel. To the left of me, I have Lelouch V. To the right of me, I have Professor E. King of the Comments, Ethan Murphy. How are y'all doing today, fellas? Um, I'm good. Oh shit! It's Luke. But I just had a hyper revelation. I I realized why I like our intro so much. Because it sounds like the intro to uh, Yu Yu Hakusho if the notes are right. Like that's (laughs) you said this before, and I'm not going to allow you to do it now. Stop disrespecting that fucking song. You you saw great smile bomb is a classic. Okay. But though it was very off key, it's, it's off. Like, it's it's gonna, literally off. Gonna, there's no, <laughs> like, that's the definition of off key. It's like very much, and the at the very end, Otis, if you get a chance, go ahead and sing that very end note that she sings at, at, at the end, right there. Is, is they're all falling down. At, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this today. Uh, uh, anyway, guys, how y'all doing, fellas? Y'all doing good? Doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm doing great, man. And you know why I'm great, Dev. I spent the last what ten hours with you, basically. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, Damn, I'm doing was, real good. Shit, was that ten? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it may not be ten. I, I played a lot. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, real quick before right. we get into into that, though. Uh, real, uh, just a PSA: If you are going to put on a comedy show, and you have some comics, make sure that you don't have literally eighteen comics where only nine of them know how to do stand-up and then charge full price for admission and start your show 40 minutes late on a Saturday night when people are trying to have a life. Uh, do the whole, like, the more you know. Brother, this guy stinks! That's a representation of Ethan in the audience. Yes, I was <laughs> Everyone in the audience. Every, here was the thing. It was such a bad... I, 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 we, gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. But it was... The show got so bad and went on for so long that the damn host of the show... <laughs> Two and a half hours in. Two and a half hours in, by the way. Left. She put. I saw her put on her purse, pick up her coat, and walk out the door. And she was the host of the show. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the LeBron meme walking out on the, the interview. Oh yeah. God, what the, yeah. have you seen that Ethan? Where it's like Kimmy hey, put his glasses on. Oh God, that's hilarious. Uh, anyway, but my, my bad, my bad. Getting into the main topic of the day. Obviously, we're going to start with one of the bigger anime drops to drop out of the large group that did drop this season being Chainsaw Man. Obviously a highly anticipated show. A lot of people are looking forward to it. I myself was looking forward to it ever since our interview with uh, the Masked Man. When when he brought that up, I looked into it. It's great. Um, We'll kick it off with Otis since you're more of the manga connoisseur. You probably read, I think you read this before any of us did. I don't know if Ethan read it at all. I know I did recently. I Yeah, I read some too. But, but how do you feel about the show so far in the first few episodes of this? Yeah, so I mean, this being another one of uh, the manga that I read before the anime came out, I have like a different like kind of view on it. Like usually I'm watching something to see like, okay, is it good? Like seeing what things I can pick up. This mm-hmm. is more like a, a weird relationship. It's like, like you better did it right. Like, you, you, like I, I know how this is. I know how it's supposed to go. You better did that shit right. And Chainsaw Man uh, in the first two episodes has done it right. Um, the it, it's pretty much shot for shot for, uh, from the manga. Verbatim. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not in love with the Denji's voice actor, but I can live with it. Um, just seeing him in uh, uh, I can't remember his name with the with the nail Aki? on his back. With the nail on his back. Nail on his back. Uh, 
Oh, um, oh, fuck. Come on, Aki? The, yeah, he's on Aki. Yeah, 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 Aki, yeah. Yeah, like, seeing him in the digital the relationship, the, it, it, it made sense. It, it, it felt exactly, like, it felt exactly how I felt that I thought it should. So I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it literally is. So I think this is one of the few times where I read an anime, a manga before Otis did. I didn't finish it. I literally have a weird, very weird thing where I will stop dead in my tracks reading it and something if I know they're doing an anime adaptation because I'd rather see it that way and I have something spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was reading this as it came out. Back in the day, Super Eye Patch Wolf mentioned how there's this new book coming out that was really good and really enjoyed it. And so I went ahead and started reading it. I was like, holy shit. Uh, so I read it as it was coming out. Um, Back in the day, I got like through I'm a gunman, not, not gun devil. I got into it uh, pretty far, but um, but yeah, I the first two episodes are great, and they really are like literal, like exact uh, verbatim, almost shot for shot adaptation, uh, you know, translations. However, they do go two or three steps further as far as having fun with changing the medium, as far as they can add some life to it. They can actually have the for them. There's music that makes sense for it. The actual like the actual graphics or how the the content, the viscera and things of that nature it looks really graphic. It looks, it looks really good. Uh, and just the, I know Otis mentioned the voice acting from Denji. Um, however, it is pretty much, uh, you can't contest the, his spoiler alert. There's a scene where Denji uh, gets, has to suffer a very, something pretty horrific. And the, the screaming that this voice actor did for it, we've all seen all kinds of anime. We've all seen subs and dubs. His screaming when, during this scene is like, Top, top, top notch. Mm-hmm. His screen was, was 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 on par with my screen last night watching that comedy show for three hours. So uh so so yeah, I uh I, I definitely dig this. I know where it's heading coming up, especially with the next couple episodes. Uh it's really gonna with, with the character they infuse power, it's gonna get really, really interesting, really dramatic in some senses too. Batman. Bad yeah, the bad double. So yeah, it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, just to sum this show up in two words, I'd have to go with along the lines of emotional damage. Because this show is dark and fucked up. Which there's a lot of content like that. Which it feels like a lot of content recently that's been popular has been like that, where it's been really dark and just grim. Uh, which we have some things in form of levity, but I digress. It's been really dark and. With this show, it takes darkness and kind of like takes it to the extreme in regards to like how bad one person's life can truly be, even more so as the story goes along. This is one of the few anime where I actually read the manga um, before I watched it because I was just so hyped up about it for so long. Because, again, when we did the interview with the Masked Man, he mentioned it. I looked into it a little bit. and I was like, this shit looks dope because even he did a couple videos on it. And I was like, you know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a do something out of the norm of the diesel. And I'm going to go ahead and read the manga and get a feel for this show. And I do not regret that at all. Cause the manga was excellent. Um, and like Otis said, this has been a shot for shot essentially from the manga over to the anime. And I'm really enjoying it. Now there are some spotty portions of CGI where it seems like anime, like anime is starting to kind of go towards that direction. Cause it's cheaper and they can mass produce it, I guess. Um, or it's easier to animate and probably pay people. Yeah, you know, party. Party. Uh, yes, Eagles, 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 Eagles. Six and oh, that's all I had to say. You're Philly, I thought you're from Virginia. Yeah, but he's, he's well, I, I, yeah, I grew up, I grew up outside of Philly until I was about eight years old. Then moved, uh, to, uh, then, then moved to Virginia. But, anyways, I made it. Anyway, no, no, you're good. 
Um, it's dope. It's dope. I'm enjoying it. There's some spotty stuff, but that's to say with any show in general, it's nothing that's too crazy. Um, and even then, the spotty moments were really early on, so it didn't overload the, all the great stuff that happened. So I'm excited yeah. about the yeah. show so far. Yeah, I I, I think there's. Uh, oh, I mean, cut you off. Oh, we can say something. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the thing about it is, this show it opens. You could almost even if the, the first episode or that's the first issue of the manga was just one thing, it would be an amazing short film. Period. It'd be an amazing short film. How well it's done. But the because what it actually does a really good do is that the episode, the first episode and the first manga shows you the balance of the drama along with some of the levity and also the graphic uh, nature. Like you said, it's very dark. It's not always dark. Also, there's lots of of the parts of the manga where it's almost like downtime as far as them kind of uh, not slice of life necessarily, but seeing the characters interact with each other as people, um, which is really enjoyable too. So yeah, it does have very very dark, dismal, over the top graphic moments. But there are lots of moments of heart, lots of moments of bizarre, like human connections too. There's a couple, there's a part coming up pretty soon too, or fairly soon, with uh, Dingy, Dingy and his boss, where it's like I remember when I read that first, I was like, wow, that's pretty. I mean, yeah, I know it, it <laughs> but, but it, it does have, it it, it 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 does have a heart. It does have heart too. So it's not just one shade that you're getting from the story. That's that's why the story has become so popular. It has so many different things to it. Right, it's like. They- they find a way, I mean, Denji's life is shitty, right? And they still find ways to make you laugh within how dark that world is. Like, that That's world crazy. is really fucked up. Like, they, they have, like, people die in droves on the regular here. Like, yeah. as bad as Gotham is, like, I'd probably still rather live there than anywhere near this, right? Like, yeah. Like, uh, but going into what uh, Charlie said before, like, I mean, yeah, there has been a lot of dark content out. And the dark content has been pretty good. And I just think that's uh, just uh, some people see it as uh, like, you know, uh, this is like, you know, making people more negative. I see it as like, you know, oh, things could be really worse because I could live here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know. I, I, I've really been enjoying it. Um, the Where the manga is now. I can't wait for them to eventually get there to the animation. And I'm just, that's just the overall feeling I have towards the show. I just want to see certain moments be animated. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The animation, because I mean, the the fight, the, the animation, the, or the manga, I do compare it kind of to Berserk as far as when he's swinging his chainsaws around. It's similar to when Guts is swinging around um, the Dragon Slayer or uh, Dragon Slayer Blade. But the, the anime actually really doubles down as far as seeing how he swings it around. Also, the chain, the actual sound effects, you don't hear any sound effects when you're reading the manga. The sound effects in the, in the actual, of the chain hitting, cutting people in half, and the blood, it's, it's, it just takes up another level, which is why I love animation so much. Uh, now, mm. real quick, we do have to, since Cardi mentioned the intro is fire, we forgot to play our intro for animation. Uh, I know Otis and Charlie hate it with a vehement passion, but I gotta play it uh, whether or not they want me to. It's gonna come. Uh, where did I put it? Where did I put it? Unless they erase it. Did they erase it? <laughs> they have erased it, which I wouldn't blame them for doing. God, I was not me. I didn't touch shit. I didn't touch anything. If y'all, if if it's gone, it's gone. I can't really about it now. But it, it's yeah, I think it's gone. But that's you it. put it back in there. If no, you the file. I'll, I'll I'll put it. In. I'll put it in later. Wait, I'll put is it, it not there? It's not. It's not here. But I'll I'll put it in. I'll put it in uh, now yeah. so we can get it though. Jesus Christ! But yeah, while he's while he's doing that, the hold off while he's doing <laughs> that, uh, I, I will say, can I play off the points you guys talked about with the forms of levity within this dark world? 
it does an amazing job of making you feel an attachment to characters just to put them through the ringer. And I think that's, again, when it comes to dark content, I think that's where dark content shines. In a dark world, if you can find some form of levity and, and for lack of a better term, the uh, 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 friendship, we want to get into the power of friendship at all. It, it's kind of similar. Like if you were to take the fairy tale level of like friendship and put it in like the dark ass world of like Attack on Titan, and then whenever the friends are having a good time or you think they're enjoying themselves, they literally have the worst possible moment. That to me is what it feels like these shows are kind of doing in the sense of giving you this like pure bond and then just throwing that shit through the ringer the moment that you think things are better. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're finally learning from what the Gundam series has been doing since it's first started. Like Fair. that's just what they do. Fair enough. You and uh, Gundam. You and you, you and Gundam. I, I would have gone um, uh, somewhat more like One Piece, just in the idea that One Piece, a big part of Oda's mantra is having how it's the, all about the groups and the friendship and everything else. And obviously, because it's such a huge, huge uh, series and IP, I feel other uh, creators that are coming afterwards are realizing, yeah, we can do that. Actually, having the camaraderie can be an element of the story, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not, not going to say that that's exactly what he was trying to do, the creator of Chainsaw Man, but is someone in the consciousness, consciousness now of manga can to do something like that to make sure your characters matter uh, if they have a team that they actually are mm -hmm. likable you know, in and of themselves. So, uh, so real quick, I'm gonna play this the intro because I, <laughs> I built it up. I'm gonna play it. Uh, we, we can move on, have our lives, and there it is. I don't know why that last part to me, I thought it was Captain Planet. Like the, the, the people coming together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very similar. It's uh, technically Voltron, but yeah, it's, it's might as well be Captain mm. Planet. Well Same be. shit. Oh, uh, yes. I Well, I don't disrespect it like that, but again, I love Captain Planet for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. Um, I need to dive into that at some point. Hey, bro. You like that? That's, yeah, yeah, that's literally that's literally what it is. Yeah, uh, but but I didn't mean to interrupt the whole floor and everything with that. But no, um, you're good. <laughs> okay. You're good. You're good. It through, it through I would things. never say no to Trap Goku. Like, <laughs> trap Trap Goku. I would pay so much money to see Goku and like Vegeta and all of them like roll up into a club and just like moving sensu beans and Lolo. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you know, oh man, we won't get into that. You imagine like sensu beans like being moved like coke. Yes, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yes. got the beans mind. on me, boy. Beans. Oh my god, things I would do with the sensu bean. Uh, but uh, um, even just real quick, talking about the, the teams and stuff. Even with like in DBZ, the Z fighters. Oh, I'm sorry, I won't go let that. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> well, what things thing. are you gonna do with a sensu bean besides eating? Gonna... Look, I can't copy somebody with a kiss with a sensor bean and bring them back to my place. What I mean is, I would get hype in a club and go off uh, in, in this in this episode now. In it, wait, no, no, no. We, we already we already demonetized <laughs> twice. 
What's the, what's the difference you at know, this point? Got a lace in Subin. The oh, laces? What is <laughs> Will it even Am work I? after you eat the sensu bean? No. no. Maybe. Ecstasy lace sensu bean? No. It's kind of, because it, 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 it negates. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't say Nick. I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, damn, my bad. Well, yeah, nigga, it negates it. <laughs> it's not false, nigga, it negates it. It's part of all the same things. It, it's I, I mean this this is off the rails, off the rails. I don't even know where the rails are anymore. Oh, let's let's try to rate it back. back Jesus Christ, man. right? Oh <laughs> uh, yes, the show's great. I'm enjoying it. Really, what, did, you, did you have a point that you want to get into, Otis? No, I was just gonna say, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's really good. If you have not seen it yet, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Mm. And yeah, it's gonna have a, a good season. It's a even a, a great season, anime in general. Even for my friends that aren't like the like they like anime, but they're not the biggest anime enthusiast, I'll be like, "Hey, all right, this is this is probably the one that I know you would like. I recommend to certain friends that have interest in darker content." And my homegirl, she loved it. Like she's been binge watching that show with her and her boyfriend, and they've been enjoying it. Binge watch two episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, I guess that's one thing too is how anime is evolving. I know you mentioned a couple of episodes ago, Dev, how you. Would recommend as a gateway anime uh the cyberpunk i'm sorry yeah cyberpunk 2077 yeah, edge runners you'd re- you recommend that i don't think that would be as easy to get into but um for some folks for younger people it might work with chainsaw man i definitely with the first episode there are lots of elements that people could get into for that because it is very much a touching story of a, basically a boy and his dog however mm-hmm. it still gets weird at the end but i i get it if you're trying to i would i probably would show this to someone who may not be an anime fan necessarily but uh if, if they are a fan of good storytelling especially if they like do like some horror or whatnot i would say this is mm-hmm. probably a really good show to show like I, I would show this to um uh friend of the show eric well he watches anime a little bit but but i, I would show this to people i would yeah to, to get into that point though i do it's something i thought about ever since we had that conversation i wanted to get into in regards to generational gaps I feel like around people around my age group, maybe like within a year or two older than me, maybe three, I feel like we grew up with darker content. Like when you go, because I had a conversation with my stepfather the other day. He's around early, he's approaching his early 40s, like mid 30s. Um, and he was talking about like all the cartoons he grew up watching and like DuckTales and all. And I was looking, I'm like, damn, all those cartoons are just really happy-go-lucky and they're kind of like anthology series. They didn't really have a, too much depth to them. And then I thought about where I grew up with the late 90s, early 2000s anime and cartoons that I was watching. They were all dark as shit, or they had like adult themed plot lines, whether it be the Justice League stuff, the Teen Titans, all those cartoons were just really dark. So I feel like people within my age demographic are just used to darker content versus someone maybe a little bit older. And Even when you look at like, oh, go ahead. I have to push back pretty hard against that only from the mm-hmm. from this standpoint of you mentioned the dark content you mentioned was teen titans mm-hmm. or justice league or young justice fair even Korra mm-hmm. and avatar there but i wouldn't say they're dark as much as more adult um growing up because you're you're i think your stepfather is, is are my age i think i'm older than him because <laughs> i'm older than you, you're but, uh, a bit, i'm a little yeah. bit older than him i grew up in the era of don bluth uh i know otis knows don bluth that's secret of nim that's land before time that's american tale that's also getting into like never ending story where people, these are things where kids movies, kids, specifically kids content had bodies, body count. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what's that? What's that one called, Otis? Where it has the rabbits, but there it's like a, it's like rated R almost, an animated rabbit story. Um, cameras. I have to look it up again, but it's there. These are these are animated things that were in the early '80s or mid '80s, or what have you. That I grew up in my era watching, and mm-hmm. they were aggressively dark. And the theme was like Don Booth once said, you can pretty much show a kid anything as long as it has a happy ending. And he tried to prove it over and over again. There's a movie he made called. No dog, uh, all dogs go to heaven. He mm, proved this by showing yeah. dogs in, hell in the movie. Yeah. So it's like, ah, damn. So uh, I, I do think there that was, was a time. Shit as a kid too. Brought it on DVD, boy. I was fired. Right. Yes. <laughs> and it was great. It was great. I think as uh, going closer to, to uh, Otis, his and especially Dev's generation, mm. they feel like things like for um, like Adventure Time, uh, where they have adult themes or older themes mm-hmm. in them, but they still aren't trying to go horror-esque in a sense. They don't have body counts as much. So it's, it's there is dark material definitely mm-hmm. coming out uh, when you were a kid. Dev, definitely is, but it's it's different. I think it's just uh, the question I have was a lot of those, those things you mentioned, because uh, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. What were the time slots those were uh, broadcasted in? Were they broadcast during like those early morning times when kids These were, were up watching stuff? These are movies. Okay. Yeah, these weren't these weren't shows as much. They were actual movies. Yeah. Yeah. Animated. The only reason I'm talking about, I I think mine, I think we're a little bit darker is due to the fact all those things I talked about, they were like aired at like the peak times that kids would watch cartoons on early morning Saturday stuff. Versus when again, my stepdad was watching, he's watching DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, all those things were again, they were prime, maybe not prime time, but they were like the things that were pushed to kids in the optimal time slots of kids would watch those stuff. Well, there is that Disney afternoon. So Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Gummy Bears, all that kind of stuff. Chippendales, mm-hmm. Rangers, yes. But that's Disney. Don't forget, I we mm-hmm. also grew up in there of Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Dudes picking up heavy-ass weapons to kill other dudes. Granted, mm-hmm. they all had horrible glaucoma and could hit a side brass of a barn, but they were all trying to kill each other aggressively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the Star Wars. Yeah, so there was there was still the content was there where they were trying to actually have be violent as shit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was... So I, I I think I know like now parents are the censorship. There was an era where censorship just went crazy. They were doing everything they could to try and censor everything. Mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles is a good benchmark across the board. When Turtles first came out in the 80s, if y'all remember, um, they were they had to change the Foot Clan to make them metal so they could use the weapons against them. Right. As it got closer towards the 90s or in the 90s, they changed it so that Michelangelo didn't even have his nunchucks anymore. He had like a rope with like a, a way at the end of it because they were saying, oh, the weapons are too dangerous. And oftentimes Raphael and Leonardo, because they had metal metallic weapons, they'd never even use them. They just keep them always sheathed. So it's mm-hmm. censorship changed things too. And I think, like you mentioned, Dev, now as you're getting closer to this era, like where you were born, like, or a little afterwards in the 2000s, mm-hmm. they have more creative writers doing more creative storytelling. So it's not necessarily violent, but they can have different types of ideas yeah. that are being communicated. I didn't even mean this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my bad. My bad. I was, like, I was uh, in the. Just go ahead and be the in between here because I mean, uh, Charlie says that uh, there there was always uh, well the content is darker then. Uh, he says the the content was dark; it just wasn't seen. I'll be in the middle. It's just it's just say the content always existed. It's just now it's the meta. Now it is uh, the darker content is what the mainstream is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, as before, they wanted the they wanted the happy go lucky, yay we're best friends and we did it. Now people are looking for more realistic stories, more mm-hmm. relatable, because real life isn't always yay, you know. So, right. 
Right. Because um, I will say it's not for me. It wasn't even the, the violence. When I say dark, it's more so the probably more adult theme is probably the better way to approach it. Because I'm again, I'm I'm looking at like because for me in my age, at least for people that, that are really close to my age, our biggest cartoon thing was like the prime time golden era of Cartoon Network, where you had the Johnny Bravos, the Courage the Cowardly Dog, Samurai Jack, Teen Titans, the Justice League stuff. I think was probably probably like the end, maybe I think maybe it was a little later, but like. All these shows, plus when I got even to like my preteens, when you introduce the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and things that made like everything for me, like cartoon wise growing up, was all adult theme oriented in a sense. Obviously, you had the lighter hearted cartoons that'd be on more, so, again, more so on Disney, probably, and then Disney XD would do more light hearted, even live action shows like Zeke and Luther. I don't know if you guys have heard, if you, if you even know what that is. It's like a random show they had on there, but. They would do more of the goofy stuff on there, but Cartoon Network, they had that era where like the Grim you had a show about the Grim Reaper and two kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so make it Grim Reaper Richard like Billy and Mandy is a top tier show of all. That was time. funny, yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Even Codename Kids Next Door was dark to an extent and had adult themes with like his never wanting to grow up. Um, like that, like for me, that was the golden era of cartoons, but all those shows had like adult themes within them, and they were all so, the popular yeah. ones. Yeah, and they, they, I think that is that did happen over time. They have gotten more and more. They've tried to the creators of these shows and cartoons were they're my age now, pretty much, and they wanted mm -hmm. to actually kind of use those same things. They're not worried as much about execs and, and marketing. They're like, this is a story I want to tell. I'm gonna tell it the way I want to tell it. Basically, I would definitely say Avatar and Korra. Otis mm -hmm. and I have championed Korra to pieces. Uh, I know Dev likes it too, but mm -hmm. Korra is one of the actually has one of the most adult themed stories for a character in a long time. Aang is great, but Korra's journey through those four years or three and a half years is brutal. Uh, and so it's, it's and that's that's something that came out even more recently. Mm -hmm. uh, another really big show that was around when I was a kid, when I was a pup, was Batman the Animated Series. That show was pure adult theme. You, you, if, you can still to this day, you watch it. It's like, yeah, this actually makes sense and holds up really, really well. Mm -hmm. So they've always, like Otis was saying, they've always been really good shows that have, 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 have had more adult themes Sometimes you have to seek them out that much harder, but they've always been there and always will be there. All right. I will say, though, I feel like there was that turning point, probably maybe around my, again, I'll say around my era again, where that was a, maybe more so a detriment to the medium. Because you see, like, probably around 2013, 14, maybe 15, where you started to see the phasing out of all those shows that I talked about earlier, because mostly toy sales is probably the biggest thing, or... DC being stupid and thinking them dropping a DVD box cassette would outsell more than when you have Netflix, but that's a whole different thing. It was done by Warner Brothers. <sighs> anyway, but that's, that's a, because these shows, like, they were adult-oriented and was patting the kids, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say kids aren't buying toys as much, but I don't know why they were so dead set on, like, these shows producing toy sales specifically, because there are so many of these shows that drop because of toy sales. Um, and then... Money. Yeah. And you I, see, I like, that, though, uh, toy sales are dropping. Kids like tech now. Like, mm. kids want a tablet, the same tablet that you want. They want the same video game console that you want. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, think about, think about something else to think about. I know there's other reasons, but Toys R Us, Toys R Us <laughs> went out of business. There are other factors and other things involved with that, too, but it did go out of Bezos. business. Yeah. All right. Your main medium is toys, and these people aren't buying them like that. And you saw like there's like where they had, like shows like Uncle Grandpa and I think like Matt TV came back where they started 
and then they like kidified Teen, teen Titans again and made that. They tried to make everything yeah. super child friendly and yeah. child oriented. And I think they're starting to come back around now because they're seeing that all these adult animation shows and movies are starting to take off again, even with anime making a big push in the West even more now where everybody's like a mainstream cool meta thing now, which is I'm still getting used to because I'm I was used to being called weird about even in my own house with my little brother that I was weird for even though he's watching the same shit I'm watching, but that's a whole different thing. But not everybody loves anime. And I'm like, Ugh, I gotta get used to this. Like, I'm glad people are enjoying it, but you, you I, I think you're starting to see maybe like a turning back of it, but there was a big time for like almost a solid decade where cartoons went from, maybe it's a continuous, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll stick now with more adult stuff, but it feels like it's went to a phase of where it was prime time stuff was childlike or more child friendly. Then the prime time stuff was more adult oriented. And now, Again, kid friendly again in like the 2015 around that time. And now I feel like it's taking another turn more recently where all the animation is just like either anime based where everything's like in an anime in an anime style or it's just darker. I mean, it's it's all about money at the end of the day. Right Mm -hmm. now, anime is more popular than the American cartoons. Like kids Mm -hmm. want Naruto toys, they want you know, the uh, attack on Titan stuff. They don't, they're not looking for what, like as great as Infinity Train was, how many kids have you seen talk about that? Almost none. Almost none. Uh, yeah, and, and think about this too, the, like you mentioned attack on Titan. AOT is like the single, I know obviously One Piece is the biggest manga and anime, but like AOT is a household mm-hmm. entity. My parents have heard of attack on Titan. I saw some random uh, dating reality show whatever when they met and one of the girls mentioned it on there and she didn't even know what it was but she, it's like it's that ubiquitous so mm-hmm. it, and think about how overwhelmingly dark that series is death note amazing series think about mm-hmm. how dark that is so it's like the darkest ones but it, like what i was saying though it's not just about just being dark as it is as much as it is just trying to have different themes that people can relate to these days because the world has the world is a lot more nuanced so the shows and content we, we digest is gonna be more nuanced Invincible is a show that wouldn't have come out years ago. The Boys wouldn't have come mm-hmm. out years ago. But these are shows that you have to have some awareness. Uh, not I'm saying necessarily a satire, but have some awareness of what you're presenting to people to get them to relate to it at all. Mm-hmm. So a question I would pose then, because we, we know companies are doing this because, again, money makes the world go round. But we also know these companies are going to make products that they think people are going to buy. What is it do you think that with like, maybe culturally in is shifting to where people are at least now gravitating towards this kind of content more. I think Otis kind of got into it a little bit with everything being happy go lucky. But why do you think that the ma- like not just the fan of the medium like we would be, but like the casual person, what is drawing them into this darker adult themed content versus other stuff? Um well I mean I think there's one big thing that kind of sparked this almost renaissance and that's uh the pandemic. Um, I was going to see the same time, thing. I was gonna see the same thing. Everyone had time to sit down and start watching it. It was like, oh, this is cool. And you know what? My kid likes this thing too. Now mm-hmm. we're both fans of it. Now we're both uh, going to uh, buy products of it. Like it's just, it's, it all comes back around to money. And people realize that there's a lot of money in animation and, People are now going to try to uh, push in that direction more because it uh, it makes them more money. Yeah, 
And I, I was, I was going to mention the pandemic, but I'll take it a step further from what Otis is saying. The pandemic also made people want to, quote unquote, fight back. And what, is, what does anime do, especially obviously in, in the shonens? The characters are oftentimes fighting back against impossible situations, impossible odds, impossible opponents. And it's kind of like it's fun to watch. You can almost relate to that. The Lord of the Rings films were really popular because you're watching characters, especially hobbits, who had no business trying to take on an impossible mm -hmm. uh, entity, fight back against it, essentially. And it, was, it worked really well. The Marvel movies, the MCU, worked because it was actually seeing people, uh, you know, Tony Stark and all of them, trying to fight a system that, you know, as best they could. And as, as we've gotten further along with that anime, you have characters in a more nuanced way. They're not just black and white, but you're seeing characters fight back against things they don't believe in or things they want to change in some capacity. So, mm. yeah, it's funny just to get philosophical for a, 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 a tight bit for a second. It, it's really interesting how in just human history, like in times of the most strife and struggle and pain is when the most innovation and like productive things are made. Rather, right? you look at like the world wars and how much technology was like ushered in from that or even just this pandemic recently, you see just an uptick of like entrepreneurship of of remote jobs being a thing and just people just taking, people are doing more of a due, well, depending on the situation, they're doing more of a due diligence to find information versus just take in the information that they've been given to them. People question things a lot more. Yeah, uh, yeah if, you see the, if you see the, the flow charts of the, um, not flow chart, but the graphs of how many independent businesses that have been opened since the pandemic, it's mm -hmm. like it skyrocketed, yeah. So much yeah. more game going out there. Podcast alone, like I know we were probably one of the ones that kind of were burdened from that, but they're like along with us and like a million other of our cohorts, they're just everybody and their auntie has a podcast now about something. So Literally aunties, they're little right. aunties with podcasts. Yeah, which I think I think is good for the medium because it gives it gives more attention to it, but it does make it a sense of where it's a lot more competitive now. You have to mm -hmm. stand out from other people and make sure your conversations are. They don't always have to be productive to be popular. Obviously, we see that, but. It needs to be of some sort of substance to draw people in to want to in, indulge in your in your dialogue. Sure. Yeah, I would say that completely. There are still videos going viral of people just looking at cats. It's just, not, you have that's to, the that's the most viral is cat videos. I mean, good yeah. God. As far as longevity, content that gets people attention, and also once mm -hmm. you get that attention, you're doing something quality to maintain it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or at uh, least something that they enjoy to maintain. I should say. Right, and then also the the creators should enjoy what they're doing too. What we why we do what we do here is because the three of us already, even if they <laughs> we were recording this, we would still would do this. We would still have this conversation. We do all mm -hmm. we do all the time, anyways. Uh, but one thing I want to say real quick, Dev, and what you in response to what you were saying, there's a great line from again the end of the first season of Korra, where Aang says to Korra, "It's only when we're at our lowest points that we're open to the greatest amount of change." So I think that's mm -hmm. kind of the idea. Is during the pandemic we all hit rock bottom in some capacity. And we were willing to try to do something different, something new to actually find light, to actually push ourselves forward to keep going. We wanted some new cause, new purpose, essentially. Um, right. And then maybe the anime, in some sense, like Otis was saying, is something new, something different, something fun and exciting that people haven't experienced. So it's like, yeah, let's try this. Let's do this. All right. Well, guys, the transition into another topic that we're um, happy to share with you guys. We recently had a new game that came out recently. Uh, being that of Gotham Knights, uh, me and Ethan have been able to get our hands on it and have some experience with it. Uh, but before we get into, I guess, like an impromptu first thoughts on it, I'm going to bring up some gameplay that we recently had of us both uh, going through a mission together. Give me one sec. Looking forward to seeing this. Oh, yeah. mm -mm. You'll be in there with us soon enough, though. Yeah. This is a broke boy this week. 
All right. So this essentially is gameplay from a mission we recently did that uh, takes place a little bit further in the game. Um, kind of a Harley Quinn based uh, mission and storyline going on. This is from my perspective, me being Batgirl. Um, Ethan with me is using Tim Drake Robin. Yes, and we're kind of just teaming up going through this thing. So the one of the first things I will say that me and Ethan have talked about while we were playing through the game that needs to be said is this is not an Arkham game. Uh, me being a huge fan of the Arkham series, it took me a second to kind of adjust to realizing, hey, this isn't an Arkham game. Like the things we do within this game are similar in style and in vision to what Arkham did, obviously with some of the combat stuff and uh, just the the aesthetic of it. But it is it does have a lot more RPG elements to it. It does have... Uh, just different voice actors in a different feel than the traditional Arkham game. Obviously, that being more based on the animated series stuff with mm -hmm. uh, with Bruce Tim and all those guys. Yes, Ethan, if you could like pick one of the more standout things you that stood out to you when you first booted up the game, what would you say that would be? Uh, I probably do say what you said as far as the RPG elements. The game very much is. Even the fact that there are several different knights, like I mean, in the Arkham series, I think all of them potentially it takes place over the course of like one night or maybe like one and a half days or something like that this series can take place over months i'm at day like i think 17 or 18 now in my game uh so after you do several things you go back to the belfry and actually can build new gear you actually get to talk to your teammates about different things that are happening you find more clues it is meant to be taking place over this is more or less like a series as opposed to a movie um so it's that difference was the first thing I noticed. Mm -hmm. Uh Sinjur, do you have any like questions in particular about the game that you want us to answer for us? Uh, not necessarily. I'm uh I'm more so watching to see uh what to expect from the game. I mean, I, I didn't know that there were as many RPG elements in there, but I mean I, I think that's just kind of the, the direction that gaming is going as a whole right now, just because uh pretty much everything has that. Everything's going more RPG, more MMO. They, they want the, the more immersive experience because I think uh, they're seeing that people play those games longer. So I, I think it's mm -hmm. cool to see that introduced into a, uh, a DC thing. I'm just wondering yeah. to see how exactly it turns out. Like, like how much, uh, like, are, are they dropping gear in there? Like, is it like Deathstroke that literally just answered my question right there? I'm guessing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not a looter shooter per se, Dev. Like you know, but but what happens mm -hmm. though, as you're fighting dudes, they will drop stuff, and the thing is, you get those mm -hmm. materials to go back to your place, and uh, either they drop a blueprint so you can craft a new kind of uh, like what, what Dev is wearing now, his back row suit. It's like the third or fourth one. It's not the one that you get started to start off with, um, mm -hmm. and you can build and customize it as you see fit, and then you can also put mods in there. You got to get these different mods, and you can put mods in there that can do different things with your suit too. Um, and also, there's aesthetics or cosmetics, which I know you love, O. So you can actually have it that, like my Robin character that you see right there, I'm actually wearing, it's essentially like a Court of Owls outfit. But on that, I changed, I modified how the gloves looked and how the um, the cowl looked on it. So it's not the standard setup. Um, and then also the, the staff, the actual weapon I have, my bow staff has a fire mod on it. So when I hit cats, it caused them to light up on fire and I modded it up that much more. So the one I have now is at like 52% elemental effect buildup. So if I hit guys like twice, they catch on fire, basically it's almost broken, mm -hmm. but it's, it's very much like you, if you take the time to learn the elements of the RPG, 
uh, it can really work in your favor. Now, it is a bit rough <laughs> with the tutorial on how to do these things, but as you figure it out, it gets a lot more fun. All right. And I, I will say, too, in regards to the your question as far as being like Destiny, it is in a sense, but what makes it different from most looter shooters is that it encourages you to build lower level gear because your cosmetics are in sets and you need to pretty much collect each part of that set to have that full uh, transmog, which is pretty much like the skin for it. So even if you have a costume that looks good to you and it's a lower level than what you have now, you're still encouraged to build it and have it in your inventory just so you can unlock that costume later on. So if you don't like the way your gear looks, but it's the gear, like the property setup that you want, you can still get that good looking thing that you wanted, uh, that good looking piece of cot gear or costume you wanted to put on top of that pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, so they do encourage that. It's nothing's really wasted in this. Yeah, um, yeah. I wish they would have did in Avengers costume. Yeah, Avengers, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, I feel like they might have taken a few notes from Avengers as far as like how yeah. they really incorporate the right way to get the cosmetics and stuff on characters without having them having to go through 17, 18 loops, uh, hoops to mm -hmm. get them. Uh, and I will say, like, Avengers, one of the better things they took from that game is that they made sure each of these characters feel drastically different from drastically the, different. the rest. Um, drastically different. Like, they don't play the same. Like, initially, like, again, I, I, I think the only other person I've played with and, like, as far as combat with is Jason Todd. I went just to kind of see what he was like and he was it was weird after playing with Batgirl for so long to kind of yeah. adapt to his combos and his style uh, but that's another thing too we'll get into we, we both talked about in regards to the combat it you can get butt mashy with it if you want to but the game incentivizes you no. to make sure you're more uh precise and calculated in what combos or how you attack a certain person because if you like so. build up momentum by it's not the free flow combat from Arkham, but it no. doesn't want you to build up momentum through combat by being selective about your combos, and that in turn gives you your momentum abilities back faster. Which in the right hand corner of the screen, it's like kind of like special combos, special moves, as mm -hmm. well as it also making you do more damage and faster attacks as time goes on as you're building up that momentum. And the the, the momentum abilities, as they was talking about, can get almost broken. Uh, depending on what you do, mm -hmm. like for Becker, I use Becker right now. I use Becker very briefly because I love Barbara Gordon, but I use her a little bit. There's a move she has where she will it's like crowd control when she'll jump in the air and throw like like, on like 30 yellow batarangs down to hit the whole group around her. Um, and you can actually like take out an entire room with one move using that, something like that. Um, so it the game also, but you have to unlock the momentum abilities, and the way you unlock those is by doing challenges in the game. It's not just by experience points, by playing over and over again. So you actually, actually have to pay attention to the challenges and do those. So again, the game rewards you for being, um, you know, paying attention to what's going on and doing them properly. And you see Dev right now as he's doing these combos, you have to, if you hit the square button or the attack button at the right time, each time you hit somebody, it hurts them that much more and, they get, and they, it builds up that much more momentum. So it, yeah. it's a game that rewards you for paying attention to what's going on as opposed to just being, um, just kind of bashing your way through it, essentially. Mm -hmm. So this raises a very important question that I have. You say you played a little bit of Jason Todd, right, Charlie? Mm -hmm. Can you put silencers on those pistols? Oh no! Nah. Well, I I don't know yet because see, there know. are for each of the weapons that you have. So you have a melee and a ranged attack weapon, and you have gear for each one of those. Mm -hmm. There is one uh, one of the gear sets that say stealth on them, and I'm assuming they have stealth elements and. With when I, one thing I noticed with him in particular, when you switch between his different guns or different range weapons, or I think the melee, the guns have a different look to them. Like one looks like a hand cannon versus different types of uh, guns. So I want to assume that 
his stealth gun or his stealth weapon is more of a is a silence weapon is what I would assume. So I'm not I, I don't know for a fact, but I would that's that'd be my guess. I'm, I'm hoping that he gets a you know a, a solid snake type uh, dart gun. I, I mm -hmm. need that in my life. I, I need it. <laughs> um, but if he doesn't, you know, I'll find ways to at least shoot people eventually. I'll, I'll figure right. it out. I'll of just course. make sure it's the last you know. person that's got to be caught to to shoot him. Um, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot people. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going to happen. There's, uh, a, there's a low hanging Chicago fruit joke there that I want to make, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all, all Chicago jokes are low hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what were you about to but, say, though? No, it wasn't because Otis said the last one. It reminded me of the fact that, um, which may happen here, but a big part of this game, too, is you have to, the game doesn't just happen. You have to put in effort to uncover it. So, where we are right now, you literally, we had to literally hunt down criminals in the streets and interrogate the right criminals uh, and groups to get enough information to figure out where we need to go next. So you have to actually scan, <laughs> you have to scan people, figure out who actually has the, who actually is an informant, then beat them up enough, but then not kill them and then actually interrogate them properly. So it's, mm -hmm. again, it, it does feel more like a detective because it is a big sprawling city that you're uh, taking, taking on. And it, you have to kind of span the entire city to, to find certain people to do certain things it encourages you just to play it and just get lost more or immersed more in the world, which I enjoy. Gotcha. So you do you you do regular police work, but less people die in the process. Got it. I mean, yeah, that's a very that's a very low bar, but yes, yeah. extremely low bar. Uh before we get into the open world aspect, which I do want to get into, I will say the only one of the lacking areas of the game that I feel that doesn't hold up to the Arkham series in a sense, and since again, we're gonna compare it to that, most people will, is the stealth element. Um in Arkham, there are a million gadgets you have that kind of help you construct the chessboard that's a stealth map in the way you want. So you can like maneuver to get it done as fast as you want or even just to play around with enemies and still fear in them. Mm -hmm. The stealth elements of this are kind of bare bones where you have the stealth takedowns and certain characters like I think Tim Drake has an inverted takedown from the Arkham series. But they don't really give you gear to help you maneuver enemies around. Um, like prime example in the like in Arkhamverse, they had the Sonic Batarang, which you could throw to kind of draw attention away from where you are to so maybe turn the enemy around to get a takedown on them. Or you could just even just throw a Batarang in general to kind of deter attention away. In this game, you don't have those gadgets to help you get that advantage. You kind of just have to wait for enemies to get into the position where you can take them out. Mm -hmm. And even then, not every situation that you come across can be handled in stealth. Every situation can be handled being guns uh guns blazing and just fight people but they're like specific setups for uh certain parts of the maps or certain parts of missions that are meant to be stealth and you'll know that because one of the bonuses for that part is to remain undetected so it'll let you know or you can pretty much grasp when it's stealth because enemies will be kind of separated or in an area that has opportunities for you to be hidden behind something versus yeah. them all in one open room in a group where you it's kind of impossible to pick people off one by one mm -hmm. Very yeah, much so, yeah. Question, are there any advantages to like you know coordinated stealth stuff? Like so you yeah. have, uh countless. You know, there's three guys that gotta be taken down in a short span. And are you uh being like, okay, Charlie, you jump down on this guy, I'm gonna mm -hmm. snatch this guy from behind and we have to quickly take out the third person before he notices. Like hundred percent. We really we literally did that in this video. Uh, we did it multiple times playing the one after this one. Someone after this one. The one after this one, okay. But yeah, yeah we yeah, it hundred percent. So that, that's that also does bring up the bigger element. The big, single biggest draw to this game should be the actual team element, playing with a friend. Mm -hmm. And you can also play with someone, just a random person online too, that's playing the game. Uh, but that's, 
I, I can't over over hype or over over uh, state how important or how much of an impact it has playing with someone else. This mission right here, Otis. This I've never lied to you, Otis. You're a good man. You're very handsome. Uh, and I died eight times uh, near, near, the end, near the end of this mission. It's equate I would almost equate it to fighting a boss in a Soulsborne game. That's how hard it was Whoa. because I came in here under level. I came in here at level eight, supposed to be level ten or higher, and I didn't have the proper gear. And I was by myself, and it was brutal. I was ready to punch a, a small wombat. I was so angry. But when I played it again with Dev, now you see us. We're tearing through it. It's, it's a completely different thing. So they really, really do want you to play in a team aspect because they do not lower the amount of enemies because you're by yourself at all. It's the same amount of enemies regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they definitely encourage that. Um, even just to get back into the stealth aspect of it in regards to team coordination, although you don't have a lot of gadgets in order to make it easier because each essentially what they did with each of these characters, they took the Batman from the Arkham series and split him up into portions and put those portions in each one of these people to where they each like their special abilities or something that he kind of had normally. So yeah. for again, Tim Drake is the inverted takedown thing for Barbara, it's hacking drones and hacking technology. And we noticed that while we're going through a mission as a team, like him as Tim Drake, he had his advantages. Me, like for the gameplay after this one, I think we're going through a, a Star Labs and they have like drones or cameras around. He didn't know that I could hack the cameras. So as I'm hacking cameras to where they won't spot him, he's going through and he's taking some people down. So you can make up for that lack of versatility individually through team play, which is why I feel like we both came to the conclusion they're really incentivizing you to play this game with friends and with other people. Yeah, um, which I mean, I hope that we have a lot more team oriented mission. That's the one thing that I need them not to do that Avengers uh, did not do in regards to bring forth more content that people can play together. You can't enter, you can't introduce all these team aspects in a team oriented game and then don't drop content that incentivizes people to play it together. Well, we have to just, you know what I mean? That's the thing that I really want for which we think is coming because there's a part of the game that we spoke about earlier that whenever I was going through the social aspects of inviting him to my game is a part of it called it's like hero host or heroic something. Yeah. It's like, it it's coming soon, which we're guessing it's going to be a four person combat. Cause even the first day when it came to like, when you, you know, PlayStation, PlayStation has a thing about people joining a group it had a, like the max people in the group was four for yeah. that moment in time, which I think was probably a glitch early on. Which they yeah, it was a glitch, but, yeah. but we know that's coming. And uh, at some point in the future, where they're going to have four person, Co-op combat, which is the only thing I really want. That was the biggest thing I wanted out of this game to have it to where me, you, Stan, and Ethan could play this thing together. Yeah, and that's definitely uh, that's, that's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing too that Deb was mentioning, as far as like gadgets with the stealth, you do not have as wide array of gadgets on one player. But overall, they are you're playing four different people, and you of course get new gear and you get new moves. So you you got to think about it as. Um, one Batman had a whole bunch of things. They had a whole massive amount of gadgets and everything he could do. But these are four mini Batman, so all of them combined probably are do have a, all the same things, uh, have as much stuff ultimately as Batman did. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's how I think of it that way. They're broken up in a sense. It right. doesn't incentivize you to play the game like four times or play all four different characters, basically. And that's another thing I will get into in regards to the replayability. This game to me has a lot of replayability because. I, again, like I said, when I switched to Jason Todd, I went through like one cut scene. That was a completely different experience between like the voice actors and what the experience was with him versus with Barbara. I'm definitely gonna go through and replay this story with each character just to see like how much different 
uh, things were changed. I think in this mission in particular, at the end, there's a portion that was specific to Barbara that uh, Ethan didn't even see. And he pointed out that when he did it with Tim by himself, it was something completely different. Yeah. So you get a different feel by playing through each one of these characters. And they paint, like throughout the story, obviously the big thing is them finding out who's going to take over the mantle of the bat. And whoever you're playing with, they kind of like the writers paint that person as being the main one. So for me, yeah, for they're painting Barbara as being like the vocal leader. Uh, she's pretty much like organizing everybody and like taking lead on everything. So they're making it seem like she's going to be the next bat or the next main uh, knight, the Dark Knight of Gotham. Yeah. So that's that's the dope thing. Everybody gets their just due. Everybody gets their attention, and everything uh, is is really there for you to want to play this game and spend, put time into it. Yeah. Uh, another thing too is because Dev, you were playing with Batgirl. There are side missions exclusive to that character. Like there are mm -hmm. Batgirl stories that I didn't have at all as Tim. Um, and there were things that Tim and Alpha were talking about in the bat in the Belfry that other characters didn't experience at all. Another mm -hmm. thing that's really fun too, De Otis, is when you can if you're with a partner. I played it. Um, I played it last night with my friend of mine who's playing as Nightwing. You can do group attacks, so he would do something with Nightwing and actually ho actually hold them. And I would it would be, he would hit the button for a group attack, and I would come up with Nightwing, and I, he would like, toss uh, the person in the air as Robin. I would I would pull ball up there and hit him even further, and then Nightwing would come down and, and smash him down. So I didn't know that. Yeah, you actually had to. Yeah, yeah, you actually had to like set it up. We had to grab a person or do something to actually initiate it, essentially. And once it's done, you can do a team like a co-op move on on people. Um, so it's, it's it, it really is a lot of all the different little nuances the game has and what keeps you coming back for more and wanting to play, play it over mm -hmm. again. Now, uh, uh, is all of that story content that you uh, have, like, you know, playing through with each character, is that also co-op or is, that, uh, is there some of it a solo? Like, how does how does that part work? It's a solo story, but you can, like, you can be playing the mission with me co-op, but the cutscene's going to be my cutscene. So yeah. I'll still be there with him as he's going through it. Because essentially... Mm -hmm. We can, if you want us to join, once you join up, you can be together the entire time. Even in the, even if you go back to the Belfry or whatnot, you're always, you can always be together. You never had to set up, separate it again. Mm -hmm. uh, to get into one of the main things that I think we need to talk about as far as the atmosphere that the game sets and the environment being Gotham. The one, again, I'm going to keep comparing it to the, uh, the Arkham series just because I love that series so much and it meant a lot to me as far as a gamer and a Batman fan or a DC fan. Um, the one thing that this game does that that game didn't do was make the city feel lived in. There are actually civilians around um, and people, even when you're driving the bad cycles, like there are other cars on the road, you have to maneuver around. So you feel like you're in a, a city versus a demilitarized zone of the Arkham series. Right. Even as well going for as far as to like have the police that are within the city, they make it a point to let you know that the police department doesn't have a great relationship with the bat family anymore now that detective gordon this universe is dead and batman's dead so they're really stand office with you and they really want to arrest you but that being the case when they try to attack you you don't get any increased experience points or anything from beating up yeah. cops so you can do it if you want to but the game highly uh wants you to it highly deters you from doing that incentivizes you thank you i was looking for the word um from doing that but uh, there's a joke I can insert here, but I feel like that's too low hanging fruit. I'll say that. For <laughs> oh, it's a Chicago joke. Yeah, no, no, it's a cop joke. No, no, I already know. I already know he's going with it. Um, <laughs> if you say a low hanging fruit joke, it's basically a Chicago joke. That's the kind of the. Uh, uh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I will also say on the flip side, one thing that Arkham does really well that this game doesn't do, as far as the atmosphere building, is the NPCs. Although there are more NPCs in this game that are kind of around and they're citizens and they say things, 
it doesn't really build up as much of a world as the Arkham series did. Mm-hmm. Like you could be flying around um, Arkham City and you would hear prisoners talk about like different things within that world, rather it be yeah. Superman or other things. They'd be really specific or they even talk about history between certain characters like Two-Face and somebody else having beef and how that started. You you hear these little things as you're going throughout the map and it's building that atmosphere and world building a lot more. Versus this one, they have snippets like that, but it doesn't really build the world as much. It kind of feels like everything's self-contained in Gotham versus building that universe up that you got there, which yeah. more so I think is just an issue with the people writing the snippets and lines for the NPCs. Um, yeah, that's as, yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. I, I, it, I'm sorry, Otis, you guys have something? No, no, I don't say anything. Oh, no. Uh, the the other thing too is that the the the, the worlds like for example the world of uh, in this game in the world of Gotham Knights it's it is much more sprawling and it has a lot more other other people the other NPCs as far as not the random civilians that are there but like a, like spoiler Lucius Fox is is in here mm. um, and other uh, contacts friendly like Renee Montoya other people for you to hit up and to contact throughout the city to deal to do things with. There are other civilians that want you to help them out with. It's not like um, doing uh, fetch quest, but as far as actually having challenges that you have to do for these people, and essentially in this world, and you actually don't have. There's lots of things you don't have to do. They're all optional. Uh, I was just dealing with a boss, a character in this game. Uh, I guess we can spoil it, who it is. It is Clayface. Clayface's mission overall is optional, completely well, that's, optional. That's been spoiled already. So he has been spoiled. Yeah, they already shown it. But Clayface is completely optional. But it's a, it's a, it is actually once you get into the story, it's a very, very fun and engaging story. Um, so it kind of feels like the you can take, you can do whatever you want in the city. It's up to you how far you want to get, how far you want to go with it. Essentially. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of any other points on even so I'm getting the, I'm downloading all the gameplay now from it. Um, another thing, music. Obviously, from people that watch this show and have watched any videos we have on reviews, music for me in almost any medium is always a big thing for me if you're including it. I think it helps build the world and build the atmosphere. This game has some decent music. Like they like in certain scenes, they'll have like some they like a version of I Want Candy or something like that for one of the oh, boss fights. Yeah. yeah, which you wouldn't think it works, but for the setting of where you were and the boss being Harley of who it was, it fit and it worked for that scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends. It's, it's it's probably more of subjective than objective within this part of the of a review. But for me, I really much more enjoyed the Arkham feel of like the original orchestrated composed uh, compositions they had, which like, like they had signature Arkham things that made me feel like, oh, now I'm in an Arkham game. Like this right. is, I mean, I'm in this universe, I'm in this world. And it felt more grandiose. It made you feel more immersed versus yeah. this one kind of having some different IPs to build a mood. It's, it's, it's more like background music when you're doing something versus mm-hmm. having a signature thing that mm-hmm. is is signature more uh for like more attention to detail oriented i, which, I agree I right agree. i think ultimately too what it is that one thing i do appreciate i appreciate and also it's, it's a little heartbreaking is that this game is trying to be it is different it's not this is not arkham this is not batman they made series arkham almost at times felt like an extension of batman they made series because you have kevin mm-hmm. conroy and mark hamill up in there this is like you know this is a different era and they, they literally kill off batman you know so it's like this is not mm-hmm. The same game, it's not the same franchise. You have to accept this is something different. Man, that, that, right. that is a huge revelation. So, they Batman is dead in this, like, there's no we don't know for yeah. sure yet. We haven't I mean, got that from the game, we, yet. we don't know for sure yet. But they, it's very much like, and so the very beginning of the game, it's like, yeah, here, here you are at his funeral, 
Uh, it's like, well, okay, so it's pretty. Yeah. If you've watched uh, that animated movie that DC had called Bad Blood, where essentially it was kind mm-hmm. of a similar thing to where Batman disappeared, it's pretty much like that, to where he's gone, but there's still hope that he's around and people are trying to like make up for his absence with the different, which funny enough, and that when it was four people being Batwoman, Damien, Dick, and Luke, uh, Luke Wilson, or Luke Fox, mm-hmm. or like the four in that one, but which I'm hoping that's the one thing I really want on this one that I want them to copy as far as regards. There are two things that I really want them to copy from Avengers. And I know we brought that up a couple of times now. It is the DLC characters. I need them to bring in more characters in the Bat family that I really want to see, like uh, Orphan or like Spoiler. I would say Batwoman, but Kate Kane is in the game and it she's doesn't seem. She's still going to be. She's, the, she's like the new commissioner. And it feels like that I don't think they're going to have her as a character, a playable character going forward. Unless they do something different with the storyline in the future, but that as far and, and as well as comic costumes, like I, the the cosmetics in this game are so dope. I can't wait to them to do like they have some costumes that are based on comic stuff, but they're like in Avengers, they'll literally have like their version of a, a pretty accurate comic thing. Whether it was the Superior Iron Man costume or a certain run of Black Panther, I'd love for them to implement that in this game where I can have uh, Teen Titans. Red Robin, Robin costume. They have something similar to that here, but they don't have like the best things about that. I feel like that made it dope, which like the wing, the feather wings, or like the cross chest stuff. They don't have all that stuff there yet. But I think that was a new 52 Red Robin thing from the Teen Titans. But different stuff like that is something I feel like can really make this game go to the next level. Yeah. 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 That's fair. And I think that, you know, it's a matter of timing. It's matter. I'll say it's just, it's, it's just, this is what day two of the game being released or day three. It's very, mm-hmm. very useful. So. Right. And it, just if anything, you see all the pros we had about the game on the second day, which I know this game hasn't had really good reviews of a lot of people. A lot of people said this game is mid. A lot of people have had issues with uh, Warner Brothers having uh, pretty much review embargoes essentially on the game where they'll give out copies of the game for free to people. But they tell them they can't release their reviews on it uh, before like uh, before a certain time of the game being out because they didn't want people's reviews to affect the sales of the game, which I kind of get from a business standpoint. But again, that kind of that kind of to me shows some insecurity in your product that you don't really think your game's gonna be good enough to sell. But all that being said, I and Ethan genuinely think this is a good game. And I would encourage people, especially if you have a group of homies that you play games with to get this game and play it with the friends. Because yeah. it was a blast like playing it with him the whole time. Yeah, it was a fun uh, you definitely answered my last question because, like, I mean, the, the most popular re- uh, review of the game I've seen is the IGN review when they gave it a five. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this is a five? First off, I don't fuck with IGN like that because they are just historically terrible as a reviewing source. They're hella biased and not at games, movies, everything they do. And it's everything I've seen on IGN that either they hated or liked. I personally, and the vice versa, have like liked that thing in the, the opposite spe- outside of the spectrum that they tried to paint something out to be. I know they gave it a five. I think Game Informer gave it like a seven and some other credible well, credible sources gave it like fives and sixes. And it's been relatively mid to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. again, that's people that probably played it. They haven't played a lot of the game for one, as well as they played it solo, which the game incentivizes you to play together. And when you're playing this game together, I think this game was meant to be a co-op game that you play with homies. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and to answer your question, Otis, do I agree with it? No, I I definitely yeah. don't. I think you it's, know. I think it's a strong eight and a half. I mean, I may have some bias. That's fair. I've always wanted to play as Tim Drake, really get into it, and I always wanted to play a Batman game with a friend. But mm-hmm. also just the environment. I mean, we didn't even talk about the other villains. I mean, this game, 
you're getting into the Court of Owls, who's never been in a featured in Bad Bad game. They're really, I mean, they're not relatively unknown, but they haven't been featured too much in other mediums as, as the comic books recently. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's just it's a fun experience. The story, the actual story, is much more actual story content has been in any of the Arkham games. Um, so it's there are so many pros to this. I feel like the I mean, the, the Arkham games do have, and the one was written by Paul Dini. I mean, and this also, this mm -hmm. is the same company that made Arkham uh, Origins, which had a good story, I thought. But, mm -hmm. but all I'm saying is just that there are so many pros to this game that I feel like some of the critics are only mm -hmm. looking at the negatives. And it's like, I mean, yeah, there are negatives. Of course there are. There are different things I would I would, I would change. But every game has negatives. Uh, and every mm -hmm. game has positives. And, you should, it's, and I do think we, it's up for us, up to us, to choose uh, what we want to play, what we want to experience, and going mm -hmm. off of IGN. IGN, remember, they they historically gave uh, Last of Us Part Two a ten out of ten masterpiece, and they gave Cyberpunk when it first dropped a nine out of ten, or nine and a half out of ten, and then they had to recant it because of the whole different PC version and everything. So it's like just trusting what critics say without forming your own opinion on anything uh, may not be the best course of action. Mm -hmm. And I will say. Okay. Uh, IGN is a company that's been giving uh, Call of Duty like eights, sevens, and eights for a long time. Like for years. Threes. Like, come on now. Yeah. So. And I will say the worst, if I had to pick like the worst two things that I don't like about this game, uh, one would be the bugs, which that being said, I've only encountered one bug <laughs> twice. Yeah. Twice. And it's the same one. It's happened very rarely. And even when I encountered that bug, I was still able to continue on with the game. So it's not a game-breaking bug. Mm -hmm. so Two, literally. Uh, one, the thing I don't like the most is the traversal. And again, I'm comparing it to Arkham again, because again, it's, it has a lot of similar qualities. With Arkham, the traversal would rather be like the cape gliding. Uh, seeing the cape gliding in that game versus the one with Bad Girls, night and day, like they have the uh, mechanics of you diving and you like gliding, but you don't have one. All the, the, the one thing, the traversal is very slow and kind of mundane, I feel like, with at least the heroic traversal for each of the characters. Um, again, I can't speak for all of them per se yet. I can only speak from what I've seen with Bad Girl, and I can talk a little bit what I've seen with Tim Drake from Ethan. But with the Bad Girl traversal, like that cape is kind of slow. It's fun to use, but you have to like grapple a lot in between to kind of make up ground versus an Arkham. You can like shoot across the city on a glider and like just you cannot touch the ground if you don't want to. Or I will say what you but, have to factor in though too is that this game does want you to use the the, motor, the motorcycles, the bikes. Mm -hmm. And the handling and the handling of the bikes is very it's very uh it's, it's good. It's excellent. It works really well, I think. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Batman games where you can traverse the entire cities gliding, the for the, the first three there is no Batmobile. And then mm -hmm. once they had the Batmobile in place, they wanted you to use that Batmobile like crazy. So yeah. I feel like this game is trying to be more balanced as far as, yeah, you can traverse the city, and the, the entire city, without having to use the bike. But they do want you to use the bike, too. Right. Which is the happy medium there. I, the, my only thing is to speed it up. That'd be the only thing. Like, mechanics are solid. The mechanics are good. I just like for the traversal to be faster. Especially with, like, I've seen Dick Grayson gameplay of, like, his glider. He has a mechanical, like, jet glider. It should move a lot faster than what it does. Like just pick speed up a little bit. Maybe something they can do in a patch shoot in the future. Maybe um, even like Red Hood's jump. I maybe want maybe make the jump go a little bit further than what it is. I don't know. And then I I I I'm what I thought was going to happen with Tim Drake's teleportation device with the Watchtower thing. I assumed it'd be something akin to like Kate Bishop's teleportation from Avengers, but it's more so of a, all right, you zipped up and you're moving your point around where you want to go 
and then you teleport there. It's not really a quick thing. Every all the transportation, the heroic transportation is very much slower than what I would prefer and what I'm used to when it comes to traversing an open world. But like you can say, you do have the bike alternative, which you can use. I just like it to be equal on both, where I don't have to use the bike to move really quick around the city. I mean, you're asking for them to put in a bike, so uh, mm. I'll, I'll take <laughs> one, of the, one of them was you, Otis East. Right. But the traversal is fun. I'll give that. It's fun. It's not fast, but it's fun. Like, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy it. It's it, like, I will, I'm going to break down the gameplay and, like, put it together in some gameplay footage later. It's going to, it's really dope to see, like, if Ethan's jumping across rooftops, he sees me flying across somewhere else, and I see him teleporting around. It's cool to see that. And I can only imagine how dope it's going to be with all four people in one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah we, we, and then we got to go. We, 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 we are really long here, but. One right. thing I do appreciate is just how, like Dev mentioned the bugs, and they really are very, very minimal. For a opening weekend launch of a big game like this, for, for two, for co-op, for massive co-op, for it to have essentially no, for it to have very minimal bugs is very rare these days. Not just, I mean, we always harp on Cyberpunk, that, that's, <laughs> that Chicago low-hanging fruit that it is, but many games these days do come out with lots of bugs from the jump. This game has, as far as I've seen, very, very, very few bugs. It's been a very enjoyable, mm-hmm. enjoyable experience overall. Do you want to go ahead and rate this or rate the game so far from what we've played, Ethan? Sure, sure. Uh, like I said, I, I would go ahead and give it a solid eight and a half. I give it a solid eight and a half. I, I, it was a very, even playing it by myself, and there was a learning curve, obviously, because I had experience with the Arkham games, and a game can be very hard if you do not, if you do not pay attention to A, how you build your character, A, you know, B, the levels that the game recommends you, you would be at before you go to different areas and things like that nature. Mm-hmm. It can be very, very hard, but if you actually take your time, get into the combat, learn what you're doing, take it seriously. It's a very enjoyable experience. I give it eight and a half. Yeah, for me, and this is coming from an Arkham head. Like, again, this is like top three franchises of all time for me, personally. I, I'll give the game an eight and a half to possibly a nine when I play with other characters, because I've only played with my one character and got to customize my one character. And even then, I haven't gotten to get to the in-game, in-game yeah, stuff that yeah, makes her play a little, a lot more smoother and a lot more cool stuff going on there. Yeah. So base from like playing it for like 10, 12 hours, I think maybe somewhere around there, it's 8.5 to me, which I think has a possibility to be a 10. Yeah. All right. I mean, unfortunately, you guys have convinced me to spend money on the Warner Brothers thing. So I'm upset <laughs> there. But uh, I'm, I'm, I believe it. I mean, just looking at some of the gameplay that you guys have, it looked pretty fun. And then like, you know, knowing that it is uh, that, that two-man army of two type feel, uh, mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate that, so uh, I'll right. definitely be getting as soon as I can. All right, again, well, if everybody, if this watching it, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you had different feelings on anything we talked about today, again, leave it in the comments. Let us know what you thought. We appreciate all the feedback, uh, we appreciate your support that you have up to this point. We hope for your continued support. Um, church announcements before we like dip out, uh, upcoming very much, very, very soon, uh, Echelon G novels. Has a lot of stuff coming out. We're getting you, ready for. Do you want to hmm? go and never mind, never mind, never mind. We can, yeah, we'll save it for the commercial for. I, I know that's what you wanted to do. Uh, let's save that one for now. Yeah. But we're we're gonna be ready, getting ready for a drop in for Halloween, in which we're gonna be releasing not only all the books that are already on the label digitally, but we're gonna be bringing in two new exclusive books written by Otis and myself, as far as some of our colleagues, uh, Stan and. Jeffrey, we all wrote those uh, and greeted those stories together. So we're providing the digital medium for anybody that, one, wants to buy the books or the 
pretty affordable price and read them, but also for people that just don't really care about the physical copies as much, you can buy digital copies now uh, or coming up very soon. We're going to get that going. And we'll also have a promo code so you can save money on the merch and for the holidays, mm -hmm. bring in the merch, save money, everything overall. So, yeah. All right. So again, if you're a fan of comic books and want to read some independent original comics by a black owned company, please do so. Um, you guys have any other announcements you guys want to? Well, also, I want to shout out uh, our guys over at Blurred Proof Entertainment. My guy, uh, Craig, or Con Man, has a show called Tap and No Cap, and him and Straw Hat Jufi are doing that. They're doing amazing on. I'm a fan now, and I'm not even just saying that because I uh, helped them create a lot of stuff. I'm genuinely a fan of their content. So if you guys would, head over to Blurred Proof Entertainment on YouTube and give them guys uh, a shout out and tell them I sent you. Tell them Diesel sent you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have anything else? Uh, yeah, make sure you tune into the Bay Channel on Tuesdays. Bay Channel mm -hmm. after dark. Uh, if you like some um, some nerdy but risky content, you know uh, that's every uh, Tuesday at seven thirty p.m. seven thirty ish. Because CP time sometimes kicks in. People got <laughs> people got work. It, it happens. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's, it's dope. Uh, one thing I was going to say real quick is is awesome. Uh, thank you. We got. I know it seems small to most people, but to us, it's, it's awesome. We had 333 subscribers. Uh, that's a awesome sign because 300, the, the whole 333 is lucky. It's like, uh, you know, if you're in, mm -hmm. in Vegas or whatnot, 333. So thank you for making us lucky. All right. We, again, I keep saying it, but we appreciate the support and we hope for the continued support because this means a lot to us being content creators. I, I still don't feel like a content creator quite yet, we're, but we're, we're creators. yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, all the support up to this point. So again, and we hope for continued support and share it with your friends. That's all I got for that one. But again, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Been and Out podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Robin. Robin's I'm already paying for HBO Max and I got to pay for another piece of Warner Brother content. God damn it. I'm going to be done with you people.